following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, I like this. Back again. Yeah, look at you. This is excellent. Twice, like, twice in three weeks. This is Woo. this is good. I like this. I get. I've been so busy that I miss talking sports with rational people. I get too much of it and wrapped up with people. But it's like I had this conversation with with coach coming back from Whitewater uh, on Wednesday when we talked to Rindle and a player for halftime, and he said something to the effect of somebody asked him to go watch the Packers at a bar one day. Have you ever watched football at a bar? Uh, I have, but it's been a while. Do you want to go back? I do not. No. No. You don't. No. Why? Um, not a lot of intelligence in the room. I feel like <laughs> that's how I get a lot of my sports talk and dialogue and discussion. For people that are just like... What? Well, it, what are you talking about? In fairness, most of the people that want to talk to, you know, you and I, it's they're 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 more surface level fans, right? Like they just watch the game, and then they want to yell about why they they, they lost. <laughs> we're you know, you and I are more we're a little more in depth. We keep up with what goes on during the week. Who's doing this? Who's doing that? You could cut it off with they just want to yell. Yeah, they just want to yell. That's all they want to do. There was a lot of yelling going on on Monday. Yes, there was. A lot of yelling. We'll get to that. Yeah. We got a lot to cover. We got four pages worth. I had a lot of notes here. We got to fly through this. I didn't even. I, yeah, and I cut and, out. And you remember this guy? Remember this guy, which, again, I love, though. I know, but it's like when you're when you're here. I know. I don't have as much time I got to fill. But there's, I mean, some of the guys that you've been coming up with, it's like, I remember that. I yeah, mean, I got a couple. It's great. I got a couple people that were that were pretty tickled that I did a Sleepy Floyd uh, last week. <laughs> Who else did you do last week? Was the first, was the first guy. Can't oh, Danny Tartable. Oh, yeah. Love remember Danny Tartable. Yeah. And, well, and you don't even, you don't even know the good parts about Danny Tartable because you claim to have never seen Seinfeld. Nope. So. None. He's got a couple of very memorable cameos in Does that he? show. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I remember I did collect. Ask, ask Beggs. He'll remember. Okay. He'll know. A, a few of his baseball cards back in the day. I, I was a Danny Tartable collector, but that I saw that name and I went, oh, yeah, I like this. Yeah, I, him him and Bo, that was supposed to be yeah. the big Kansas City outfield, and it just, just didn't happen. It didn't happen. All right, we got uh, NFL, NCAA, baseball. We'll talk council, NBA, college hoops, and we'll touch on Whitewater, hopefully, uh, before I got to make a mad dash out of here. Uh, coach went to the uh, Packers-Rams game. He won a suite. Poor guy. In some auction. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if there's going to be a way to watch that game, it should be with all-you-can-eat food and all-you-can-drink. 100% agree. I'm just talking about poor guy for the game that, the he, had to, that he had to go watch. Right. But got to win. Uh, I watched every second of it, and it was atrocious. Oh, man. we were, Yeah, we were we, texting. It was bad. It was not good. I um, mean, like, before we even get into the Packer part, Sure. I'm at my parents. We're in, you know, we have this game on. We're flicking back and forth between the the Packer game and Red Zone. This is great, by the way. I know where you're going with this. My mom turns to me and she says, "Why the hell are there so many bad quarterbacks?" She goes, "What happened?" 
And I and I said I'm like I have no answer for this. I I don't know. Like his football just got too com- is it too complicated? Like have the coaches and the schemes and everything gotten so complicated that the majority of these guys they're just not they they can't play the position very well anymore because even the really good players this year have not been that good. Are so we're, we're asking too much of them. It kind of seems like it. Well, and that's, that was kind of my gut reaction when you told me about what your mom said about why are there only so few good quarterbacks around. And first of all, the guy who's starting that I've never heard of, Tommy DeVito for the Giants. Yeah, yeah, in da- place of, da- Danny's nephew. Right. Yeah. Beg said that. Yes, yes, if he was related. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he is. He's giving him jersey mics on the side. Yeah. Um, but it's like I've never heard of him. He's the 10th rookie undraft. You know, he's just the 10th rookie to start a game this year. That's an NFL record. When I was thinking about it, it's like, it's already a passing league and it has been for some time. But my big thing was like, if you know, you have these guys that aren't that good, but it continues to be a passing league just because you got to keep up with the ones that are good. It stands to reason. You're not going to get guys that can pull this off week in and week out on a majority of teams. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. You just can't find that many good guys. Yeah, well, yeah, and and a guy like him who's a third stringer, I mean, he's virtually getting no reps during the week. Here, go start. And what? when when he had to play the previous, previous week, week when, when Tyrod Taylor got hurt, they would not throw the ball. They would not allow him to throw the ball forward. I mean, this kid on the Rams, this, this ripping kid that yeah. played the other day, I mean, I'm watching that game, and... I, I knew he was Mark Rippon's nephew, and I knew right. he had come from Denver. He, he's got some pedigree. But but then they showed it's like, you know, he was he was really good in college at Boise State. He put up all these huge numbers and blah, blah, blah. But you watch the game, and you're like, this looks like a high school kid. It looks like you went to a Craig Parker game, plucked their quarterback out, drove him to Lambeau, and said, here you go, son. Go start. Go start. That's what it looked like. So when we've done some Whitewater games this week on some kickoffs for guys that have, let's just say, not been kickoff specialists, it's the first time I think I have ever seen a kick go wobbly side-to-side oblong. Like a saucer? Yes. (laughs) That's what I envision from some of these guys that try to throw and it just starts going sideways horizontally. Sure, sure. It's like that's what I picture when it's like, that, those are the guys that you have found to run your offense on a professional football team. Yeah. yeah. Really? Right, right. I mean, even even the Bears, and we'll get to them in a minute, but even this Bajant kid that's playing, like, he's from D. He's a D2 player. Or was it Shepard? Shepard University? I there think. had to have been, there's what? There's 120-ish Division One college football teams, right? Something like that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, but there, yeah. Okay. Conservatively, let's say 130. Let's say half of those teams lost their quarterback to graduation or early entry. That means there was like 70 available Division One quarterbacks last year. Over to get this, and and none of them were better than than him. That's a. And I don't even mean that to rip on on Bajent. I'm just saying, like, really, there are 133. Okay, yeah, you were close. So, were are are are. 50 of those dudes, are they just selling insurance? 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where, what happened to these guys? Where'd they go? <laughs> oh, man. I don't, I don't have an answer. But, again, what's with making due to the strengths of your team? If your strength is not in your quarterback position, do something else. Yeah. Because it's going to wind up hurting you. Yeah. Right? Well, I said it last week uh, when I was doing this one solo and that, uh, talking about that Giants game. What is the point in putting a guy back behind center that's not going to throw? Just run Wildcat. Yep. Put an extra playmaker out on the field, snap the ball to Saquon Barkley, and let him make the decisions. Yeah. But I think these coaches, and and you you root for a team with one of them, I think they're, they they outsmart themselves. I agree. They're extremely stubborn. I agree. And they cannot change on the fly. Nope. No, they can't. They have their game plan in front of them, and they have to follow that. And I don't know what you do at halftime when they say, we need to look at everything, and then we need to make adjustments. Then why are you watching film on your pads on the side after every offensive series? What's happening from that time to the time you get out of the locker room to start the third quarter? Mm-hmm. Has there been nothing that has been learned, or we should try this, or we should do that, or is it just we're going to stick our feet and dig our heels in, and we're going to keep doing what we want to do because we think we can do it? That just seems like that's what's happening. Yeah. It just does. The 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 Lafleur regime has not. I mean, we've talked about how bad they are coming out of bye weeks. Yep. Um, how bad they've been in in first halves of these games this mm-hmm. year. They seem like they have a problem internally of self evaluation. Which is funny because all they talk about during that bye week is self. I, I know, I know, but but obviously they're not doing a good job at it. Like, are because then you have to actually admit about what you're doing has weakness. Yeah. Are you finding any? Doesn't seem like it. If that's the point. We can find some. <laughs> uh, again, lack of an arm downfield mm-hmm. from Love. You know, I don't know whether it's checked down or whether it's designed. If it's checked down, then nobody's open on the one, two, three, four option where he goes to his fourth or fifth, and it's all horizontal. It's all over the middle, three-yard stuff. It's like defenses are smelling this stuff. But, like, you put in the notes and you brought up a great point, the undisciplined stuff. You know, guys aren't hanging on to the ball. There's stupid penalties. Lining so, up lining up offsides on fourth down. You know, just shit like that. That Those are things that I've watched the last four or five years in Chicago. Right. And it's, you know, it, it's not the sole reason why they've stunk, but it's a big contributing factor. And it's been a factor for the Packers this year. I mean, you know, I've kind of come to the decision with Love. You can't look at his stats. Because if you looked at the stats after this game, he was 20 for 26, threw for about 225-ish. And I think he had one touchdown. I don't remember if he had a pick or not. But okay stats. But if you watch the game, like you said, it's, it's it's not good. What you're watching is not good. And and he's not getting any help. He's not. His receivers have not played well. Like you said, they're dropping balls. They're running wrong routes. He's dealing with some youth. But listen, Watson and Dobbs, they spent some pretty good draft capital on those guys. They've got a full year of playing under their belt. They shouldn't be making these mistakes, and they should be catching the ball. And um, you can't put it all on love. But, man, I... I 
it's hard to it's hard to look at him right now and go he's he's the guy for the next 5 to 8 years. His numbers are eerily similar to Rodgers after his first year. Now, I don't know who Rodgers had helping him. I know those players were probably better they than were. than what Love has right he now. He had Jordy, he had Jennings, he had Finley, he had Driver. And that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember what their line and, situation was. But, but they find the only one of the only positive things I can say about uh, Sunday was that they finally gave the ball to Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. They got the ball into his hands, whether it was through Love or or in the backfield. They were actually using him. Yep. And it was actually nice to see. And I think at one point the broadcast actually made a point to to notice and like, oh, look, they're having offensive success. And then they highlighted that number of how many touches he had had, and it's like. There might be some correlation because he's the most talented guy on your offense, most most versatile. Yeah, but you, I don't know why you can't. You, I don't know. well, and if you know, and that help that will help loosen things up a little bit for Love. Yeah, if you can run the ball, which they haven't really been able to do this year. So, all right, go to the Bears. Not much to say. Um, <laughs> they lose twenty four to seventeen. I didn't get to see a lot of it. Um, Bajent was not very good again. He had three interceptions, and they were bad ones. Uh, the Bears end up with five total turnovers. Uh, I, I actually didn't feel horrible after this loss, though, because it's like, all right, your backup quarterback throws three picks. You turn the ball over five times. You're on the road, and you only lose, lose by, by seven. One, one score. Yep. It's not bad. Um, I think the Bear defense is slowly getting a little bit better. We'll see if the, the Montez Sweat trade does much um boy they gave him a lot of money that's for Mm -hmm. sure um it was nice to see darnell mooney and cole Komet finally kind of become part of the offense again i mean mooney's been almost non-existent the whole year Komet had two touchdowns he's had like one or two other good games but it's been very inconsistent for him and you know they need somebody the bears have struggled the last couple years mightily in the red zone and he's a guy that it would be nice to see turn into that guy down in the in that area of the field that, that you can count on and trust. Um, but other than that, not, not a lot to talk about. Fields is is still out. He's not going to play tonight. Nope. Um, Khalil Herbert is is off of IR. Don't know whether or not he's going to play tonight. If he does, it probably won't be much. Um, but the Bears have actually kind of figured out a little bit of a running game. The last couple of weeks, Dante Foreman's been pretty good. He's been in around 80 to 90 yards. Um, so that's nice. The, the, the line, the offensive line is a little more cohesive than it's been. That's nice. Um, but I'm just glad the Bucks play tonight so I don't have to watch this whole game. <laughs> yeah, that's a quick turnaround. We'll yeah. get that to the NBA stuff. Um all right, uh, week nine started. I'm, I pop in and out of these Thursday games just because we're we're doing stuff, and half the time I forget they're on prime. Yeah. Did Pittsburgh score late in that? Like with under a minute to go, I feel like. I feel like yeah, yeah. To to, to win Tennessee. that one, they just um, can't score, man. Pittsburgh. I mean, they're better than the Iowa offense, but I yes, same colors. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Packers got got the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, this Sunday. Uh, then Sunday started early in Germany with the Dolphins losing by a touchdown to Kansas City. 
as much as I love the fact that we can wake up at 8.30 and have NFL stuff, I forget that it happens overseas. Yeah, it's tough. And, and this is one of those games that should be at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. This is a marquee game. This is game. a marquee game. Yeah, they and, missed the boat on this. Uh, listen, <clears throat> Miami's got a lot of talent, but as of right now, they're a paper tiger because they've played three good teams and they've lost all three. As much as that would pain John Barry. And Kansas City is still really good, but that offense, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure that they're going to be able to score enough in the playoffs. I mean, outside of Travis Kelsey, who's their number two guy? A lot of drops mm-hmm. from those guys. Josh Dobbs comes over in a trade with the Cardinals and immediately starts for Minnesota. That was a little shocking to me. And somehow they pull one out in Atlanta. See, and this is where we go back to the, the initial discussion about quarterbacks. It makes no sense. So Josh Dobbs is not even on an NFL roster two weeks before the season starts. Then he gets picked up by Arizona and they win week one. With him only having been there for a few days, he goes out and wins the game. Now, granted, they lost the rest of the games because the because the team's awful. The team's bad. But then he comes to Minnesota. He's there for like four days. Learns the whole. Offense. Comes in in the middle of the game. No, Justin Jefferson because the QB gets concussed. The the rookie, and he's awesome. So, is there just massive? Miss evaluations going on in the NFL right now at that position? That's a great question. And I didn't really think about it in in those terms. Because how is a guy like... And the other thing about Josh Dobbs, he's literally a rocket scientist. Do you know that? I didn't. Yeah, the dude's like a fucking genius. <laughs> so if I'm an NFL football team, why would I not want a rocket scientist... In my quarterback room. Who you think can handle all the mental if stuff. If nothing else, he's my he's gotta be my backup if I have a if I have a team where I have a young, unproven quarterback, or I maybe have an older, brittle quarterback. How's this guy not in the league? I don't understand that. Somebody who's at least competent yes. enough to understand this. It's, dude, if you can show up in the middle of a week in an in in, in week nine of the NFL season and play the way he played, that shows you got a lot going on above the shoulders. You're you're an intelligent guy. And that's the position outside of Because it's not like he's Michael Vick running around no. there just making people doesn't, miss. Doesn't have that. No. So, I mean, hey, a, an absolute coup of a trade for Minnesota. For Minnesota. It might have saved their season. So who was playing then quarterback? Because I didn't pay attention because I don't care. Who was playing for Arizona then when they got shut out by the Browns? Some rookie. I don't know who he is. Okay. I don't. I don't. Again, I'd, I'd never heard of him. One of ten that is now started. Yep. As a rookie. Yep. This year. And the kid that the Vikings started, I had never heard of. Uh, he was. A, he's a rookie too. You, 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 I don't even remember what his name, his name was. was. He because he played five minutes, tried to score on the goal line, got his bell rung, cradled up like a little girl because he didn't want to get hit and got concussed. <laughs> That's what happens, dude. It's the NFL. Brown shut out the Cardinals twenty-seven zip. Mm-hmm. Uh, any on that or keep going? No, keep okay. going. Commanders over the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots are bad. I think Bill Belichick, this might be, is that going to be the end of him this season? Well, by, by his own hand or the owners? I think if the owner was smart, he'd take the GM title away from him. 
Bill just coach. Especially because they're gonna have a top they're gonna have a top five pick for mm-hmm. sure. So uh the Ravens just destroyed the Seahawks. I'm a little surprised that Seattle didn't show up better in this one. Geno Smith has been really up and down this year. Really up and down. And and I, and Baltimore's really good. Their their defense is legit. Lamar's playing well. Yep. But yeah, I didn't I didn't see a you know, almost a five touchdown difference here. Um Texans over the Buccaneers and a total of This was an awesome ending. Almost eighty points. I didn't see it. Yeah, Tampa Bay came down, Baker Mayfield let him down late and they scored, and then Stroud got the ball back with like forty seconds left and drove down the field and scored the winning touchdown. That kid is legit. Well, like you and I were texting, like, when was the last time we could say that about an Ohio State quarterback? Never. Never. Like, everyone that has come out from the Buckeyes has not been good in recent memory. Yeah, including and, Justin Fields. Right? I mean, he's been Stroud's mediocre. So far better than that guy. Oh, easily. I think, he leads the, I think he leads the NFL in passing yards, and he's... He's not leading in touchdowns. He's near the top. I mean, they were talking about it on on ESPN this morning, and I had actually thought about it Sunday after this game. He has to be in the MVP conversation. What is Houston's only four and four? They won three games last year. Okay, and, and now you've got a you're four and four. You got a rookie, rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. Now, and and it, and his numbers are fantastic. I'm not saying he's going to win it. Your division's not good. But if you're talking about, like, through through eight, nine games, because nobody has separated themselves. I mean, Jalen Hurts is the best guy on the best team, but he hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Lamar's had some good games, but he hasn't been consistently great. No, I I I would I think I you think probably got to put Stroud in there then, dude. If they go if they go ten and seven and win their division with a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach. He's got to get votes. Got to. No, that's fair. Uh, here would be a game to skip. The Colts beat the Panthers. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones tears his ACL. We talked about that uh, in the loss to the Raiders. I mean, so, so they signed Matt Barkley. Oh my! God. Which I mean, Tyrod Taylor's already on IR with a rib injury, and now you've got Tommy DeVito who is going to start for you against Dallas this week. Tommy DeVito and Matt Barkley are the quarterbacks. The New York football giants are going into a game against the Dallas Cowboys. And even if Tyrod Taylor was healthy, add him to that. (sighs) Those are your guys. Man, that is just scraping. Like, that's not the bottom of the barrel. Like, that's like flipping the barrel over and getting the bottom underside of the barrel. How do you think Giants fans feel now about that giant contract that Jones signed in the offseason? Now, well, awful, awful for sure. I mean, part of it has been injury. They've just, yeah. had, they've just had the season from hell. And, it, I mean, it all started with them not wanting to pay Barkley. Right. And it just seemed like that bad karma has carried over into the season. It follows you. Ugh. Yes. Uh, Eagles with a pretty impressive win over the Cowboys. I watched almost this whole game. Okay. Um. The Cowboys, uh, it's, I'm trying to find the right words. They're, they're the most, them and the Lakers are the two most overhyped, over talked about 
professional sports franchises <laughs> that we have. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it was funny because a lot of times Dallas wins, but everybody wants to talk shit about Dak, right? They lose this week, and everybody's praising Dak. I think he had 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. But if you actually watch the game, like, it's 28-23. Dallas just scores a touchdown. There's like four or five minutes left in the game. So they're going to go for two. And he scrambles to his right, and instead of diving towards the pylon to get in for the two-point, he has the ball in his outside hand, and he steps out of bounds at the two with his inside foot, which it, like you'd have to see the replay, but it, you're watching it. You're kind of like, how did that? How did you just do that? <laughs> so he costs them two. They get the ball back, and they're driving down the field, and they get to a fourth and ten in field goal range. But the field goal does you no good now because you didn't get the two point. And C.D. Lamb has been killing Philadelphia the whole game. Jake Ferguson has had his best game as a pro. He had like eight, nine catches for like 90 yards in his score. Michael Gallup, who nobody had heard of from a year, he's having a good game. Fourth and 10, who does he throw to? He throws to a guy who's got nine career receptions, Jalen Tolbert, and he overthrows him. And and even Greg Olson's saying during the game, he's like, you have to throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb or Jake Ferguson. Like, you have to. And he doesn't. And then you get to the end of the game, they get the ball back one more time, and it's fourth and long, and he basically has to throw a Hail Mary, because I think they're on the 40-45. And he throws the ball to C.D. Lamb at like the eight. And then C.D. Lamb gets tackled at the five, and they lose the game, and it's like, well, the decision-making is poor. That's why Dallas can't win these games. Whether it's you want to rag on McCarthy or you want to rag on the defensive coordinator. But, like, those are just three stupid-ass plays by your 10-year veteran quarterback who you're paying $50 million to. I, I just don't know how you excuse that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And and then you're going to try to tell me that he had a great game. No, he didn't. I don't care what his fucking stats are. People are obsessed with the stat thing. Like, did you win? No. You had a chance to win, and what did you to. do? You screwed up three times. But your numbers look good. When nobody knew, if nobody knows how the game flow goes, they just look at the stat yeah. line and they're like, great game. Because Dallas should have won that game. They really should have. But instead, Philadelphia's got the best record in football. Pete sent me, speaking of Philadelphia, Pete sent me a YouTube, I think it's a YouTube video, of fans of an opposing team walking through the parking lots going to an Eagles game. Hmm. And it looks like one of the most horrible experiences a fan you could possibly have. Just getting yelled at? Complete people getting in your face, just yelling bomb after bomb after bomb, flipping you off. I mean, it's like that you're you're going down a tunnel of fans because they're lined up to talk shit to you. I mean, and a half the over half of these people are absolutely wasted. Yeah. It, it looks awful. And Pete, of course, does the 
I think we should go to a Packers at, at Eagles game. I went, I will not go into that environment no matter how much you paid me. There's something about those <clears throat> those big city East Coast uh, fan bases, New York, Boston, Philadelphia. They're just miserable bastards. I'll send you the link, but it's... Yeah. And, and this is when they're good. That's what I'm saying, though. They can't even enjoy that they're good. They're too busy just yelling at Because they're either, they're either miserable and complaining when they're losing, or they're the most arrogant, cocky bastards when they're winning. <laughs> no grace with these people at all. Uh, Sunday night, uh, Bengals beat the Bills. Buffalo's in trouble. Yeah. It's a record now. Five and four. Yeah. They can't run the ball. Josh Allen is a poor man's farve. And they've got one receiver. They just, I don't know. I, I think they're in serious trouble. Did you watch any Monday night Chargers? In- no. Jets? No. I didn't I was know. watching my phone because um, I have Herbert and Eckler on oh. my fantasy team. And Herbert completely diarrheaed down his own leg. and threw Eckler for scored like, twice. Yeah, but Herbert threw for like 110 yards. So, I lost. Thanks. <laughs> By weeks had the Broncos and the Lions and the 49ers along with the Jaguars. Uh, week 10 starts tonight. 3 and 14 combined records. What did you say about uh, about Al Michaels? Yeah, they ought to just let him drink on air tonight. I, I mean, come on. It's on streaming. It's not on network. Just let him in Herb Street just get fucking schnockered up there. By the third quarter, he's talking about McMahon throwing the ball to Willie Galt. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't, the only thing I care about this game, I just want the Bears to win because you got to keep Carolina right down at the bottom. So you got a chance to get that number right, one pick. To get that pick. But other than that, I, I can't sit down and watch this. Well, you, but like you said, if the Bucks are on, even if the Bucks weren't on, would you watch this? Um, uh, Sporadically, I okay. would. All right, check in again. Well, the problem with the streaming thing is it's like you can't flick channels. No. It drives me nuts. It, it's it's one of the many drawbacks of that, but no, you're right. So, no, this is just a trash fire. <laughs> this is a trash fire. <laughs> All right, uh, other Week 10 stuff, Colts at Patriots. Man, we're a long That's way another. from we're a long way from Peyton versus Brady, no aren't kidding. we? How the Ooh. mighty have fallen on Man. that. Four and five against two and seven. Uh, Texans at the Bengals. That should be okay. Interesting game, right? Yeah, I mean, if Houston should... were to go in and upset them, that would really could change their season. That would be that would be nice. But Bengals are starting to play well. They're starting to get rolling. Five and four teams. Saints at the Vikings. Can the Dauber do it again? Two weeks in a row? Because the Saints aren't good. That sounds like a porn. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dauber, Dauber no. does Minneapolis. <laughs> the Saints, but the Saints stink, man. They're not good. They should have lost to the Bears last week. They turned it over five times. But are the Vikings any good? No. No. Especially now. I mean, the rest of your season is a toss-up. Yeah. Either Dobbs is going to be really good or he's going to be really bad. Yeah. And, and what what are you going to get? That's true. That's true. Um, the I don't only... know. Do you know how long Jefferson's out? I don't. But Jane, Jane has really good luck with this stuff. As soon as she buys either a jersey or some sort of uh, fan paraphernalia, the guy that she buys it from gets hurt. Immediately, yeah. She bought one of those gritty, like, sun, oh, okay. sunglass hoodies. Okay. Soon as it got delivered, he got hurt. <laughs> she, well, she just goes, I'm just not going to get it. At least he didn't get traded. Again. Well, that's true. 
She's got so much Viking stuff for guys that are no longer on the team. That's funny. It's just ridiculous. She's rocking that that uh, Jared Allen jersey, or oh, who's that? Sydney Rice. She's got oh one of those. God. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The only reason I'm really, honestly, looking forward to watching the Packers is so I can watch Keanu. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Just so I can that there's a Steelers game on that I have a vested interest in that I get to watch him. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. I don't care if they win. It doesn't matter to me. This could be 0-0 at half. Because the Packers can't score in the first half, and Pittsburgh just can't score. Like, honestly, this is like 13-10 to 10 kind of a game, maybe. That would be awful. Just awful. Uh, Tennessee at Tampa Bay, a pair of three and five teams. Yuck. Will Levis is starting, I guess, yes, for Tennessee. That. Yep. Uh, 49ers at the Jaguars. Jacksonville, six and two. Here you go. You you get a big dog coming yeah. your way. Well, I I kind of feel like this is a must win for the Niners for sure. You know this is, they've lost three in a row. But again, you got to go from northwest to southeast. Well, that's and, a long and, ass way to go. And both teams coming off of a bye, so that's interesting. But yeah, this is an opportunity for Jacksonville to really kind of like yeah, we can compete. With you know, these. they yeah. they competed, but they weren't able to beat Kansas City right earlier in the year. But if they were able to knock off the Niners, that'd be huge. Probably another good game, uh, or at least a, a matchup that I would hope would be good. But the Browns, I can't believe Cleveland's five and three, but they got to go to Baltimore. The defense is nasty, man. These might be the two best defenses in football in this game. This would be a fun one. I hope I get a. I hope this is the C, the local CBS game right. that that I can I can check out on Sunday. Falcons at the Cardinals. I saw Kyler Murray was activated to return from injured reserve. Sound, yeah, sounds like he's, he's going to play. Be, it sounds like he's going to play. Okay. Um, which, Man, listen, he's just on a bad team. But though. this this is great news for for us Bear fans that he's back because I got to figure they'll win if, a few if, more than Carolina. If, if he's not there the rest of the year, I'm not sure they win another game. Right. With him back, maybe they win two games. No, that's so, fair. You yeah. know. Um, Lions off the bye against the Chargers. They got to go out to LA. Yeah, this may not be quite the home field advantage for the road team as it typically is because I'm not sure how well the Lion fan base will travel. Mm-hmm. Just because they're they're probably in shock that they're above 500 at this time of year. It's, they're not used to it. But, but that'd but, be a good win for them if oh, they really want to arrive. Huge win. Uh, if they if they can do that, the Chargers are the Chargers, but they do have talent. Yeah, they do. You know, but they're they're like your your adopted team, and <laughs> I check in with you almost every time we do a podcast to see how your Chargers are doing, and it always seems to be they can never get there. No, they just can't. They have no sustainability. Cowboys again hosting the Giants. We already know about that. Well, one. I mean, the first time they played it was forty to nothing. This could be eighty to nothing. How are the Giants scoring in this game? Are they still gonna are they still gonna blame Dak? For not scoring enough, well, if that yeah, happens, it's possible they could. Uh, Seahawks hosting the Commanders. Yeah. I mean, this has got to be a bounce back game for Seattle. You would hope. And, and Washington, having just traded their two best defensive players last week, in Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I, 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 I was surprised they beat the Patriots. It kind of felt like they were giving up on the season, and then they go out and win. So who knows? Have we seen, and I, I haven't watched as much football this year. It seems to be going steadily downwards. Maybe I'm just not interested. Are the, Do the national matchups seem really bad this yeah. year? Yeah, 
Because <laughs> there's this two week, of them that are not good. All three this week stink. Starting tonight. Yeah. But, like, Sunday nights is the Jets and the Raiders, and you've got... But even, com- even if even if Rodgers and Garoppolo are playing in this game... That doesn't do it. That doesn't do what, what the hell does that... How is that interesting? That doesn't do Rodgers versus Devontae? Does that sell anything? That might. Really? That, that would more than Garoppolo. I know, but, like, not much. No. No. And then the Broncos, who still managed, everybody was just so down on them, but they've managed to win a couple games, albeit against teams that aren't good. Well, they did beat the Chiefs. To begin, well, that's true. Which was really weird. That is really weird. And then they got to go to Buffalo. If Buffalo doesn't win this, then you're then you push the panic button. Well, if they don't win this, their coach might, you think? might be on the hot seat. Well, they've lost. Hot seat. Okay. They've lost a lot of coordinators the last couple of years, and it's showing. All right, go through the playoff picture for right. both AFC and the NFC here. Kansas City seven and two, Baltimore seven and two, Jacksonville six and two, Miami six and three. Those are your four division leaders in the AFC. Pittsburgh at five and three, Cleveland at five and three, Bengals at five and three. Round out the rest of the playoff picture. So that's all four AFC North teams currently making the playoffs. <laughs> Hard to believe that that'll happen. But, that's not but happen. I bet they get three, probably. Uh, Buffalo five and four, just on the outside looking in, and then Houston, the Chargers, and the Jets all at four and four, are still kind of hanging around. Um, you know, it's going to be. I mean, Jacksonville. God, it's hard to believe they don't win that division. Right. You know. Right. Um, hard to believe Kansas City doesn't win that division. division. Yep. So those two might already be all but wrapped up, but um, you know. Every we're we're only halfway through the year, so things are bunched. NFC, Philly eight and one, Detroit six and two, San Fran five and three, New Orleans five and four, division leaders. Seattle at five and three, Dallas five and three, Minnesota five and four. Round out the playoffs right now, and Washington and Atlanta. God, those teams are just awful at four and five. <laughs> like once you get to once you get to the six seed, well, really, there, there's really only. I think four and a half good teams in the NFC. Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, and Dallas, they're good. I think Seattle can be good. The Saints stink. The Vikings stink. Washington and Atlanta stink. The Packers, you know, who these a couple of these three and five teams, they're no good. No. They're no good. Yeah, definitely, again, is the AFC's world. For sure. This year. For sure. Outside of Philly, because I can't take Detroit seriously yet. San Francisco, you want to, but you're like, I can't. You want to, you want to take Detroit seriously, but then you're like, they got beat by a hundred right. by Baltimore like two weeks ago, and you can never believe in the Cowboys, and you can't, and everybody else is. I feel like Philadelphia is going to win it again because just because, like, I don't think they're better than last year. I think last year they were a better team than they are this year, but the NFC is just weak as hell, and their and their main competition, Dallas can't beat them. And the Niners are always hurt. Who's their one loss to? Philly, Washington, maybe. Was it? Mm, that'd be a bad somebody that wasn't that good. good. Okay. No, I I would think it would hard, be hard to argue looking at this playoff field right now that Philly doesn't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. I just hope we don't get a Super Bowl rematch. I don't. I don't that's not. That's not. That's fun. not appealing. That's not fun. All right. Anything else in the NFL that you no, want to go through? That's it. We got forty minutes in. Yeah. 
finally, and we'll run through some of this stuff. We, we I want to talk about the council thing for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. There's nothing really much to mention at D1 college football. The the Michigan thing, I don't I don't care about the sign stealing thing. Yeah, I just don't. And, I, <laughs> and now they're they're playing chicken with the NCAA about if you really want to get into this, we can talk about all these teams that are sharing sign stealing because they want to gang up on particular opponents and stuff like that. I just does it surprise me coming from a guy like Harbaugh? Not at all. It just doesn't. But at the end of the day, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. And and I've heard a couple of of things like um, what what it what they're actually accused of doing isn't necessarily quote unquote illegal, but it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like in recruiting, you don't go in and shit on other programs. It's just kind of a an ethical etiquette thing. Sure. I think that's kind of what some of this quote-unquote spying is. The other interesting conspiracy theory I heard was this is being pushed a lot by ESPN because they're upset that they lost the Big Ten. God. So they want to make it look bad. They want to make them look bad. Trying to make them look bad? Now, you know, what? whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, I really only follow one college football team. With bad. with any kind of interest at all, and it's minor at best. And they're bad. They're really bad. I think this program is in a world of shit. When you look at what is coming down the pipe in the Big Ten. Oh, start, start, God, yes. Starting next year. For sure. They are they are in, in danger of being relegated to... Mediocrity. Second tier, yes. Iowa, Illinois, oh, I uh, put Minnesota. Yes. You know they're in that group of yep. teams. Yes. If if these four teams from the pack weren't coming, I would have said, okay, we're we're we can we can hover and we can go through this because I mean, again, and I tried talking about this with people because I'm I am not a really big jump to you know, really huge statements and it, this is over and this is bad and whatever. It's like, yeah, you got a lot of transfers in that wanted to play with Fickle, but they didn't before except for the guys that were with him in Cincinnati, but they didn't have Longo. And so he's coming over and it's a whole, this is a fir, this is an upsetting of decades of specific offensive scheming. For sure. I mean, some of these guys that are come, most of these guys that are coming back, they've never done this ever. And you expect him to learn it in less than a year I, I and be good at it? To me, that's not a fair test. You're, to me, the guys that have been good and have a particular skill set should help offset that. That hasn't happened. Your guy that you're going to come in and said he's thrown for a billion yards and tons of touchdowns and this is the perfect guy to lead it, didn't look good when he was leading it, and then he got hurt. Now you've got a redshirt freshman that's come in from another program, which you can say that's good long-term because now he gets his feet wet and he can do nothing but get better. He hasn't looked that great, but you have a Heisman Trophy candidate, and I use that loosely, in a running back who's been injured, and sometimes they give him the ball and sometimes they don't. It's like, and and the defense that has been one of this really big strengths for the last decade plus doesn't look like they have. And so you've got all this happening this year, and now, like you said, you're staring down the barrel of four really good programs 
coming in and joining your conference. And joining a conference that already has two and basically three, if you want to throw Penn, Penn State, State in there, that are better than you perennially. Right. So you're now, at best, you're the eighth team. Right. Out of what? What do we have? 18? 14 or 16? Well, with those, I think it'll be... Is it 18? 18, maybe? Oh, I can't yeah. even keep track. My, my biggest issue, and, I, and I, I agree with everything that you said about this all being new. The thing that jumps out to me, though, and I was texting with John Barry after the game... The talent level on the Badgers is, is is low. Yeah. It's low. Braylon Allen um, was not a serious Heisman contender outside of the state of Wisconsin. To me, he's John Clay 2.0. He's just big. He's big. He's fast enough, um, but he fumbles all the time and he can't stay on the field. God, he can't hang on the So, ball. like, I don't really give a shit about his good qualities if you're going to fumble and you don't and you miss three, four games a year. It's the same thing the Bears are going with, with fields. It's like... Yeah, you're talented. You missed five, four or five games last year. You're going to miss four games again this year. You can't have that. Not if you're the best guy on the team. you got to be out there. Um, but yeah, the line's not as good. Um, I think the quarterback will be okay. I think he'll be better going forward. I, I've seen some things that I've liked. I like that Pauling uh, kid at receiver. There's a, little, there's a little bit of talent there, but nothing, you know, nothing to the level of what we saw from Ohio State two weeks oh, ago. Oh, God, no. But... The problem is, and like John and I were talking, John said they got to get better athletes into the program. Well, but can you get them in? Can you get them in academically? Because the arrogant Wisconsin board of whatever that decides what the criteria are, they don't want to bend. And And again, it goes back to NIL money again. Can we can we believe that this this program is going to give out stuff to guys that are going to be comparative to the top schools in their own conference? And I've, and I don't. You said it in the basketball. It's like well, you need to find out what Duke promised Kennepel and what Wisconsin was willing to counter with, and see how far apart you are. Yeah. Yeah, because if you can't get these guys, then what are we doing? What are we doing? And what are and what are we as fans? We, what we, should our it, expectations it's easy. It, it would be? be much easier to change my expectation right. level of the program if I know what I'm competing with. Right. Oh, this guy wants to go here and we got to compete with them? All right. I shouldn't set my heart on getting yeah. him. Yeah. Yep. You know, oh, like no, I, if, I, I agree. If the Music City Bowl is what we're looking at now, right. not Rose Bowls, then I'm not going to get mad when we don't make Rose Bowls. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, the Indiana loss was terrible. Awful. I these last two years with doing Whitewater, I haven't watched as much Badgers. Which, given the last two years, you've been lucky. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we made it down to Hammers or Station One as it is now downtown, just in time for them to watch, to beat Illinois a couple weeks ago. But I didn't see the Indiana game, and I'm glad I didn't. I think this week is going to be the same thing. You know, I think I'm going to be able to get downtown or home just in time to see the last quarter of the Northwestern game. It's a two thirty kickoff, but I. This is a team, and they've they've kind of righted the ship. They haven't excelled, but they've gotten through the disastrous aftermath of the whole Fitzgerald thing. I think they've weathered that storm, and now they can move forward. I don't know if this, I think his name's Braun or Bon or something like that. Yeah, he's like from that. Wisconsin. He's, he's a Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the guy. I don't much care. All I know is that 
this is a team, a program that always gives Wisconsin problems, mm-hmm. no matter how good or bad they are. Mm-hmm. It just happens. And this seems like a perfect year for them to cause more trouble. And again, you are looking now with two weeks left, I think, three weeks after this, Nebraska. Yeah, and then Minnesota. And, and, then, and, then, and then Minnesota, and you're not bowl eligible yet. Right. And now here's your coach that you're paying millions of dollars and you kicked out one of your own guys to go get, and he got some transfers and it's a new thing and whatever. But if you're not eligible for a bowl game when they let almost half the teams in, that's yeah. not good. No. It's not good. Um, but, like, I, I think you are you're dead on as far as going forward. With those other four teams coming in uh, that are – perennially good programs and well-known you're you're going to be a nothing burger in that conference yeah it's i just think the whole expansion is going to be a bad thing for for us for the badgers and a lot of these schools in the big 10 because i just have a hard time buying the notion that all of a sudden there's going to be a bunch of kids in california that are going to all of a sudden go, oh, wow, the Badgers? I want to go there. That looks cool. It's not like they don't know about the programs. These teams are all on TV all the time. It's the same thing when they expanded to the East. It's like, oh, we're going to get into that New York area market. market. It's like, well, no, the the market already knows what you guys do. Mm -hmm. They're not that interested. So, we'll see. 2.30 on Saturday. Um, All right, you World Series, I... Didn't watch much. I didn't watch a ton, but it's over. Lowest rated. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I did not know about the winter meetings thing that had been canceled. I read that today. Yeah. 30 executives got sick. It must be a COVID thing. Or a food poisoning. Do they all well, eat the same? You, you get all these fat. Seafood bar. You get all these fat mouth breathing stat nerds in the same room. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Well, Arnold spoke yesterday to the media, and they asked him about the whole the whole council thing. So that was a pretty big news item to pop up in the afternoon. Um, and I know you're not on Twitter anymore, uh, but I know you can have access and you and you bounce around and look at some stuff. But um, I mean, it was you know Mets, Guardians. This was, and I and I saw the the story from Hoyer when he basically said. There were a handful of people in the organization that even had knowledge of this. A handful. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you got to do it because it shook everybody. Nobody knew about this at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately, I mean, you dropped the trader word. A lot of other people that I know that are Brewer fans are very upset, you know, that that, that guy would do it. I, I don't know. So let me get your expanded feelings on it before, um, before I go. Well... It's, there's a lot of different layers, right? So from a purely baseball perspective, I'm fine with it. Um, I don't think Craig Council is um, a bad manager by any means, but I also don't think that he's quite the manager that we've had everybody on TV make him out to be the last couple of years. Um, Probably because they don't watch the Brewers night in and night out like a lot of us do. Well, I just I've heard a lot of stuff being thrown about he's the best manager in baseball. And I I, like it. I just I've never understood that. I mean, I you know, him making a brilliant pitching decision in June against the Pirates, I guess that just doesn't impress me that much. Talk to me in in uh September and in October. 
Um, so from the baseball perspective, I don't think it's that big a deal. The Brewers will be fine. Um, they're going to be rebuild might not be the right word, but in a little bit of a reload with all these young guys they got coming up that were able to get some experience under their belt this year. Um, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions on their pitch and staff with Burns and the Woodruff injury. But I don't, I don't think him leaving, you know, it might affect him 10%. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, as far as he goes personally, um, I don't begrudge him for leaving the Brewers if he wanted to go somewhere else um, because the other team had bigger purse strings. Fair. Mets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think if he'd have gone to the Mets, I don't think anybody would be that upset. I would agree. Um, but basically what he did was um, he dumped his wife, moved down the street, and shacked up with her sister. I think there's, I think there were two things that council could not do that would turn everybody against him, and one was manage the Cardinals, and the other was manage the Cubs. I I just don't know how you can be. I don't know. Are you is he that naive to believe that this wasn't going to have the kind of reaction that it had? Has he not been paying attention? I mean, all I ever have heard the last 10 years is how he's this brewer lifer and Milwaukee, he's all about Milwaukee and the community and yada, yada, yada. But as soon as he gets the chance, he's on the first thing smoking out of town to down to Chicago. Um, but this is a guy, and you got to think about it this way, I think. This is a guy who... Lightly recruited out of high school, got to go to Notre Dame, which when he went to Notre Dame, it wasn't a baseball school. Um, late round draft pick, traded multiple times early in his career, bounced around, played for several different teams, didn't make, I think he made like $20 million in his career, Didn't never got a big contract. This is the first time in his life, other than his wife, that anybody's really wanted him <laughs> and wanted him to the point where they were willing to massively overpay for him. I think this contract is a joke. I think what the Brewers were offering him was an overpay. So what the Cubs are offering him is ridiculous. And if he thinks that this is going to set the market and be good for managers going forward, I think he's sorely mistaken. I don't think there's if he's if he's worth that, what the fuck is Bruce Bochy worth? He's got four World Series in the last decade. Are you kidding me? With different teams. With different teams. Um so that you know, all that being said, it, it just kinda everything kind of came back to me of like, why leave? Why leave? Okay, you're gonna you get more money in Chicago, sure. Forty million in Chicago, thirty million in Milwaukee. Eh, okay, not a. I don't think it's a huge difference. Um, I think there's some issues. I think there's some issues that were going on in the Brewer front office, where there's been turmoil, and I think a lot of it has been kept quiet. I think the David Stearns leaving was something. I think the hater trade last year 
that pissed off everybody, including the manager, was something. I think the fact that after they made the hater trade, they didn't do anything else to improve the team pissed a lot of people off. And I think even this year at the deadline, you know, Canna and Santana, those guys, they ended up working out. But I think in real time, if you're sitting there, you're like, this is really what we're, this right. is, this is what the, we're doing. The, these are our moves to compete for the National League Championship is to get a, a 35-year-old journeyman outfielder and a 37-year-old journeyman first baseman. Like the, and you're spo- and you're telling me get excited. This is what is going to put us over the yep. top. Yep. I think all that stuff played into it. And then obviously um I don't think him and Atanasio were quite as tight as we were led to believe. Because the fact that it sounded Atanasio made it sound like the Brewers did not get an opportunity to match or counter this. They gave him an offer, and then they told him, if you want to go out and interview, great, but, you know, come back to us and let us see. And he went out and he did the interviews that we knew of, but then he did this this backroom one with the Cubs, got the offer, accepted it, and never told anybody about it. Because Atanasio's comments when he heard it of basically, are you shitting me? Kind of tells you everything you need to know. So, am I mad? Um, not from a baseball perspective. Fuck Craig Council, though. <laughs> I don't want him back for any of these little division championship reunions. You didn't win a title. Um, I hope that he he's not included in like the Walk of Fame or the Wall of Fame. I don't know which one is better than one. I think he's already on the lower level one. Um, I don't really give a shit that he won a bunch of regular season games and is the leading wins manager in Brewer history. Okay. Don Nelson's the leading uh, wins in Buck history. I don't care. You know, I I hope the Cubs go, um, well, how do they play? They play the Cardinals like 17 times or something like that. I hope they go like 9 and 154, 153. Split with the Cardinals and lose every other fucking game you play. Um, and listen, to the Cub fans that listen to our pod, and there are some of them, good luck. Enjoy this. He's You're, you're going to be, he will drive you nuts. He will drive you nuts. Enjoy your pitchers never getting into the seventh inning. I brought that up. First of all, I don't want to cut you off. Are you done? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm done. So I brought that up to a couple of resident Cub fans at the station today who we haven't we haven't talked about the council thing all week. And I said the same thing that you did. I said, you are going to see a guy that is beholden to analytics mm-hmm. and some sort of a card that tells you what to do in certain situations, whether it's counts, outs, pitches, scenarios, on base, you're never going to bunt a guy across to try and get somebody into scoring position because you can't give up a run. It's going to cost you some double plays, and it's going to cost you some runs. That's how he manages. And I had a Cub fan look me dead in the eye and goes, I've never heard of that before. And I went, well, then you weren't watching the Brewers as much as we were. Yeah. Because that's been the label on him that he is not a, and I don't want to get the phrasing of this wrong, he is not a, a baseball gamesmanship guy. He is a baseball analytics guy. Mm-hmm. 
He plays the game the way that computers tell him to play it. That's how he is beholden to how he makes his decisions. And I said at the same time, now, when you have guys that maybe aren't as good or are as good as a particular skill set will allow them to be, he can get the maximum out of them. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why the Brewers have been successful in what's been relatively, most of the time, a shitty division. He's taken them as far as they could probably go with what he's had to deal with. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, he has been revered. Mm -hmm. But like you said, greatest manager in baseball, I don't think people have been probably paying attention as close as Brewer fans. Well, and I think they look at it that way. They're like, okay, it's the Brewers. They don't have a huge payroll. They don't have any stars, but he's still winning 90 games. So then when you get a bunch of talent, if your owner is going to spend the money to do that, is what he's doing going to hold that talent back? I don't know. So I don't begrudge him for taking this. I'm not a big trader, whatever. I'm not going to boo him. I'm oh. not. I'm not going to look fondly on him. Yeah, he's, I, I can't wait till they play the Cubs. I hope he gets his ass booed out of the building. But I don't begrudge anybody for doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's fine. If he was so valuable to the organization, and here's where I think fans should have a lot of criticism directed to the Brewers' front office. If he was so revered and wanted, and this is who we want going forward, what did we wait so long for? Why did we let this play out? Was this partially a decision of counsel as well, or was it the front office saying, we're going to let your contract run out, and then we'll see where we are, and we should be in a good spot to renegotiate? Because it seems like if that was the plan it got flipped on its head. Well, I mean, I think everything we heard in the end at the end, you know, the last couple of months of the season and even when he was asked about it in the playoffs, it seemed like a mutual decision, like he wanted to take some time because no people and I think he had led people to believe that he may not manage this year. Mm-hmm. You know, with his kids going to play college baseball and he's got a couple of daughters that are still in high school, but I think they're close to graduating and you know, maybe he just wanted to have some family time and you know, that's cool. Nobody begrudge you of that. I think the Brewer front office, in particular, Mark Atanasio, have been unfairly criticized this week. Okay. Um, What the fuck you want Atanasio to do? He did offer you, him the let, most okay, money. Okay, let's say he pays him $40 million over five years. That would mean he made more money than everybody on the team other than, like, right. Yelich and Burns. Mm-hmm. Well, that's stupid. For a guy that gets criticized for not putting... For a guy that doesn't have any hits or have any innings pitched in the last fucking 15 years. You can't do that. If you're going to have a $100 million player payroll, you then can't pay 10% of your player payroll to your fucking manager. That just doesn't make any sense. So I can't begrudge him for that. And and these people that want to you know talk about, oh, he's a cheap ass and he didn't want to pay... No, 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 no. That, I, I think in this situation... That is a hundred percent wrong. He was he offered the man a contract to make him the highest paid manager in the sport. You, why would you outbid yourself? If the highest paid manager is five million and you want to be the highest paid manager, I'm not giving you ten. I'm giving you five and a half, six. Then if you go get eight from somebody else, you then come back to me because you've worked for me for ten years and I've supported you and paid you a lot of money. And you give me, Mark Atanasio, the opportunity to go, 
Craig, I just can't. I just can't do that. I just, I could maybe get up to six point five, but I can't do eight. Well, and if you, he and if he says I got to take the eight, then you shake hands and you part ways. But he, it doesn't sound like that happened. Oh uh, well, he said publicly. He said he was asked, "Were you given the opportunity to try and match or do better?" And he said something to the effect of, "We were our, It was already past that. Mm-hmm. As in, deal was done. It I'm was not. Done. I'm, I'm not looking back. Yeah." So I would agree with you on the fact that I think there is some stuff behind the scenes that will never come to light, that we will never know about, that will never be made public, that life was not all rose petals and gummy bears. And I'm not inferring that, like, all these people hated each other. No. I'm just saying if, if you're counsel and you're like, dude, we're in first, you trade away our best pitcher. Right. You don't replace them with anything. And then we go into the following season, our payroll really doesn't increase, we're in first again, and you don't really do much to help us improve to the point where we can compete with these other teams. Mm -hmm. I don't begrudge him for doing it. It sucks, especially with the rival. Um, You know, but I guess having been a, a fan of a team that has had people go to rivals before, it it just doesn't affect me as as much as it has. I, I mean, I. But Brett Favre wasn't wasn't holding secret backroom negotiations no, with the Vikings while true. while he was telling the Packers something different. And that in in and in the end, that's my problem with Council. Council wants to leave; he can leave. He's it's a free country. If he wants to go manage somewhere else, he can go manage somewhere else. The fact that he chose to go to the Cubs and the fact that he did it the way he did it is what I have the biggest problem with. Did you And the way the the way the Cubs treated David Ross. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a dude who you do not win the World Series in twenty sixteen without David Ross. No chance. He has been your manager for three years and you've gotten better every year. You overachieved last year. You know how many games less the Cubs won than the National League champion Diamondbacks? One. And you fire him, like, in the middle of the night out of nowhere? You wake up and you're not the manager anymore. Man. Did you, okay, now the other thing that one of my uh, Cub coworkers said was that this is something, and I don't know, you've probably read more than I have, has council been since the beginning of working with the union trying to set the bar yeah. higher for managers? Sounds that way for payroll. Sounds that way. So this was an opportunity for him to check that check off that box. Yep, yep. Okay. But I just I don't think it'll work. I think it's a one off. Okay. I don't think you're going to start seeing major league baseball teams paying their managers nine ten million dollars a year. So in a few years, we're going to be saying, "Yeah, you remember that one year where council got paid a shit ton of money on that contract, and nobody's done it since." Well, the Cubs better win a World Series in the next five years, or it was a complete overpay. Well, then they better be willing to keep their pockets open for the roster. Yeah, but all right, I got about ten minutes, and I want to get I want to get you going with with some NBA stuff. Yeah, so. I'll buzz through this real quick. Right. Bucks are five and two. Um, they beat the Knicks Friday, 110-105 in that first in-season tournament thing with the stupid-looking courts and the ugly jerseys. They play twice near Christmas out in New York. They play on the 23rd in New York, and then they play on Christmas in New York. Mm. I found that interesting. I was going through the sports schedule today. 
for for December. Yeah, maybe, I just they'll, thought, maybe they'll I bump into Kevin weird. McConnell at Trump Towers. Um, <laughs> they beat they beat Brooklyn one twenty nine one twenty five on Monday, and they beat Detroit last night one twenty to one eighteen. Um, Did you watch the game last night? Yeah, yeah. What was with the second tech and the stare down or whatever? Um, the referees being pussies. The first technical that he got was not shouldn't have been a technical. I mean, he, he, he complained about a non-call, and they teed him up. And then his second technical he got because he dunked on some dude's head, and they they called him for taunting, and and that was his second technical. So, and I saw Stephen A. Smith say it this morning, and I couldn't agree more. We're in an era of the NBA where you just put in a rule to keep stars in in on the floor. I saw that today, right? Yep. So, why would you be kicking stars out of, out, games? out of games? Like we talk about this all the time when we do these high school games. Coaches need to know time and score. Players need to know time and score. Fucking referees need to know time and score. It's the third quarter. There's nine minutes left. The Bucks are in the middle of a run. You know, you have to know he already has one technical. You can't. You can't do that. It, that's just that's bad for the league. That's that's just stupid. I figured you would have an opinion. Yeah. That's why I wanted to ask. You. Um, listen, all these close, tough games that the Bucks are playing right now—they're most of every Buck game, with the exception of the two that they were blown out and lost. They're all like one-two possession games, and I think it's fantastic. I think this is going to benefit benefit them, them big time. Second half of the season, it's allowing them to get some cohesion and some togetherness. Um, and have to get defensive stops at the end of these games, which they've been able to do. Um, this week, tonight at Indy, Saturday at Orlando, Monday home against the Bulls, and next Wednesday at Toronto. So another packed week. Um, but listen, I, I give I give Adrian Griffin major props for what he did after that Toronto game heading into the Knicks game. Um, after they got blown out in Toronto, um, they looked awful. They They were embarrassed. They got shredded defensively. Brooke Lopez was unplayable. And a bunch of the veterans went to Griffin and told him, This ain't working. We we gotta change we gotta change our scheme. We gotta go back. We can't have Brooke out on an island twenty five feet from the basket trying to guard people. We gotta go back to this drop coverage and let him patrol the paint. He's been the best guy in the NBA the last five years doing this. We got to do this. Why would he want to change that? Then? Well, he wanted he brought us he brought his style from Toronto, and they're more of a high pressure, create turnovers kind of a scheme. The Bucks the last couple of years have been one of the worst in the league at turning you over. But basically, what they do is they're like, we don't care if we turn you over. You're just not going to score in the paint. Well, they kind of flipped that this year, and in a couple of these games, namely the Atlanta and the Toronto game, it was a fucking layup drill. Trey Young is just getting in the paint at will and throwing lobs. You know, the guys for Toronto are getting in the paint at will. Um, so they changed it up. And listen, the first game they changed it up, they have a terrible matchup because they're playing against the Knicks and Jalen Brunson, whose entire game is getting to the free throw line and hitting floaters. That's the kryptonite for the drop defense. And he had 45. But they won. Next game they play the Nets. Same kind of guy, Cam Thomas. He has 40, but they won. Even last night against Detroit, Cade Cunningham, he had like 35, but they won. So 
I'm glad they went back to that scheme, but they are having a bitch of a time containing the ball. And that's Lillard, that's Beasley, that's Connaughton. Um, they got to figure out something to do there. They've been playing a little bit of zone at times, which is fine for a couple possessions, but you can't play a steady diet of that in the league. The guys are just too good of shooters. Um, but the small penetrating guards are hurting them. Um, but as their offense gets better, I feel like their defense will. Lillard is not shooting well. He was 2 for 12 from 3 last night. He's shooting 29% this year from 3. He's a career 38% shooter. He's just not making threes. Um, He still looks unsure. He still looks uncomfortable. They're still trying to figure stuff out. But the good thing is they're winning the games. You know, they're 5-2. and two. I said before the season, I thought 5-5, five 6-4 and five, six and four after right. 10. They're already, were, ahead, of that. They're already yeah. ahead of that. And of these next four games, they're not going 0-4. They're going to win at least two of these next four games. They got six out of the next eight on the road. Mm-hmm. I know that, and they got that one home game in the next week against the Bulls. Yep, yep. So, um, and no, and and Middleton has looked good when he's played. He didn't play last night. He's nope. going to play tonight. As his minutes go up, it's going to do nothing but help them offensively. And the the Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton pick and roll. Everybody talks about the Damianis pick and roll. I want to see Damon Middleton running a pick and roll because Middleton is a threat to make a three, and it changes everything. And I think that's something that as the year goes on, we're going to see more and more of. But listen, man, we're two weeks into the season. It's like I said last <laughs> week. Everybody's got to calm down. This stuff, a lot of this stuff's going to figure itself out. These guys are veterans. They've mm-hmm. been around. It's just going to take some time. So Okay. Anything else on the on the whole league? You want to run through quick? Uh, Philly six and one. Only loss was the opening night to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maxi and Embiid have been great. Uh, the James Harden trade was the best thing that could have happened to that team. Getting getting rid of that cancer. Um, Denver is eight and one. Mm. I, I mean, until somebody beats them, they're the favorites to win the title. Okay. They got the best player and probably the best team. Minnesota's been a nice surprise early on. They're five and two. Um, Anthony Edwards, who I've talked about many times on this podcast, he had a great FIBA World Cup, right? And uh, he's carried that over here to the beginning of the season. And then the the most disappointing team in the league so far is Memphis at one and seven without John Morant, who's serving that twenty five game suspension for the for the gun thing. Yep. Um, they're in serious trouble because, like, the West is really good. I think if you're Memphis, you're hoping to be like I don't know. 10 and 15, 11 and 14 when Ja when Ja comes back. And right now you're 1 and 7. So right, so basically now you got to go like 10 and 4. <laughs> right. uh, they're in trouble. They're in trouble to even make the playoffs. All right. Uh college hoops opened up this week earlier Marquette got a victory over Northern Illinois. Uh we we ran some Shaka Smart audio afterwards and said, you know, he he's got a lot of guys he's already got to figure out the rotations for, but he said it's it was typical first game stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to tell you, the Big East and FS1 do one of the coolest things on on uh, on Monday for opening night. Um, it's they basically have college basketball red zone. Really, it's pretty cool. Like every Big East team that's playing, you're just you're getting like four minutes of the Providence game, four minutes of the DePaul game, four minutes of the Nova game, four minutes of the Marquette game. It's cool. 
And then they got, you know, they got Mike Hill, Raftery, Jimmy Jackson, and I can't remember who the fourth guy was. Oh, Casey Jacobson. They're in the studio. They're popping back. It was it was really fun to watch because the games aren't that good. Right. You know? Um, so it made it a little more entertaining to watch. But Marquette's, Marquette's really deep. They're going to have a hell of a team this year. Uh, they play Ryder tomorrow, and then they have the Gavit games against uh, Illinois on the road in Champaign That'll next, be a good next one. Tuesday. Uh, the Badgers-Gavit games opponent is Providence. They're on the road for that. Next Tuesday, they play Tennessee tomorrow at the Cole Center. That's a top-10 team. On Peacock. Yes, and nobody saw them beat Arkansas State either because that game was not televised. Um, Connor Asijian, somebody fell on him. Uh, he was just with trainers yesterday. I don't know anything about uh, today. And I saw that Yaldon was back with the team after he got sighted twice. You mean Sam Oakey? Right. I made a joke with Beggs. I said, well, he got in trouble his freshman year on campus, and his mom grounded him Listen, and said, got to come home. You're not leaving your room for a week. Listen, I'm not going to throw stones when I, with the glass house that I lived in when we were at Whitewater. You know of my exploits. Uh-huh. But you know, right. what, you know what the difference was? I wasn't getting a $50,000 a year scholarship. Right. To play. To play. Yeah. You got to you gotta grow up on you some gotta of that You got to grow stuff. up. Absolutely. For One sure. time's a mistake. Two times is a little bit of an issue. And one more strike, and you're I like, think he's bye-bye. So, again, Badgers in Tennessee tomorrow. We that's going to be a good game. I'm anxious to watch that one. Do you have Peacock? I do. Oh, that's I good. Do. Okay. Yeah. Um, we start our high school season next week. God, that's nuts. Um, new Craig girls coach. Uh, Parker, hopefully better. No Beloit Memorial in the conference this year, so that's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, we got two games next week and then four the week after, so we're we're off and running on that. Um, and then Whitewater wraps up the football uh, schedule in the in – the, did, you, did you say WEAC or WIAC? WIAC. That's what – people are telling me it's not. It's WIAC because the teacher organization, W-E-A-C, is pronounced WIAC. I don't care. That's what I, I played said. in that fucking league. I call it whatever I want. It's weak. That's what I said. <laughs> so they have their last game. Eau Claire's not good. They they beat point last week, forty eight nothing. I don't think it'll be as bad. I turned you guys on for about a minute and a half. And I heard, heard th- I heard thirty to nothing, and I heard your commentary before on yeah. Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I don't need to listen to no, much, I, much more of this. Fine. No, it was everybody played all sixty players that took the buses up. Play. Yeah, that's cool. You gotta um, have those. So that's so that's awesome. They'll they'll beat Eau Claire. It's crazy to think their only loss of the season was to Lacrosse at home in front of twenty thousand people on a fifty one yard field goal into the wind at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, considering they have the toughest schedule in the nation. I'm learning a lot about playoffs. Well, they're and, probably number one in the country. They win that game. And right? I, I I don't think anybody's beaten North Central. No, no. Um, and then you got right behind Mount Union, and then this team in Iowa, Wartburg, mm-hmm. and then there's Lacrosse, and then there's and then there's Whitewater. So they're going to get an at large um, on the selection shows on Sunday afternoon uh, at four. So we're going to see uh, the uh, more experienced Whitewater talking heads than me, the O'Larrys. Um, they think at least Russ does that we're going to get at least one home game, maybe two. That'd be nice for you guys. For the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but, again, that doesn't mean much if we're going to run into the likes of Don Beebe again last year like we did when Aurora <laughs> came here. Right. Um, but, but but I I mean, I'm excited. This is a good team. There's 13 seniors being honored on Saturday. They got a lot of people coming back next year. A lot. 
So uh, I'm 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 really excited for the end of the season, um, but uh, it's going to be fun and it's it's always a blast. I'm excited to start hoops with you. Uh, Are it, you though? I am. I am. I am. More I'm, more of me in your life. Is that, is that a good thing for you? Check with me in mid January <laughs> when Shit. we're down check there. Check with me at Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you're going to do more. Remember that guy next week. Yeah, whenever you're not here, okay. I'll, I'll pull that out, and, right. and that'll be a little bit of a time saver. Not not completely out. I don't want to get fired. All right. It was good to be back doing this. I got to go get my kid. Yep. I'm, I'm already late. Um, eh, she can walk. That's close. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate that. Download, subscribe, and uh, as always, tell your friends about us. Have them give us a try. You can find our podcast pretty much uh, anywhere where all podcasts are found. So uh, until next time, I'm Josh. Dan. We will talk to you down the road. Stay hot, Bucks.